0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. See the Lord proclaims to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, your savior comes. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And You shall be called frequented, a city that is not forsaken. Thereum da in the Lord you judge. reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus. Beloved, when the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through, through Jesus Christ our Savior so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs and hope of eternal life. Verbum Domini
1: Dominus Fobiscum,
0: Erecum
1: Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Verbum Domini Merry Christmas to all of you. As we celebrate this solemnity of the birth of Christ, the gospel reading that the church gives us this morning is a continuation from the gospel that was heard last night for the mass during night or midnight mass. That's from Luke chapter 2. And it gives specific attention and focus to the shepherds, right, who came and who came to adore the Christ child And we can learn several things from the example of the shepherds as we enter into this celebration of Christmas. First of all, the shepherds were vigilant. They were awake and they were alert. And because of this, they were receptive to that message that the angel had given them, that God had given them through the angel. And the shepherds are an example to us to be awake and to be alert for the Lord's coming we were also called to this vigilance. And secondly, the shepherds are an example to us of how to respond to God's promptings. When the shepherds heard the message that the angel of Christ, that the angel had given them about Christ who was born and how they could find him, St. Luke tells us in the gospel that they went in haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. Remember, this is the same response. This is, Luke described this nine months previously when Our Lady had heard that her cousin Elizabeth had become pregnant. St. Luke says, Mary went in haste with the same response. She went in haste to, to assist her cousin Elizabeth in her pregnancy. Likewise, the shepherds did not delay in responding to this great news of joy. news from the angel they went in haste and they found the infant lying in the manger and rather than waiting for a more convenient time for them and their schedule they acted right away saying let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us it's also significant that they encouraged one another to go right it wasn't them individually we hear let us go then We need to also encourage one another to grow in holiness, to follow the Lord's promptings, his words. Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they made God their priority. They're willing to act without delay when God was prompting them, telling them to do something. Pope Benedict XVI had this to say about this prompt response of the shepherds in a homily that he gave at the Midnight Mass in 2012. He said, the shepherds made haste, holy curiosity and holy joy impelled them. In our case, it's probably not very often that we make haste for the things of God. God does not feature among the things that require haste. The things of God can wait, we think and say, and yet he is the most important thing ultimately the one truly important thing. Why should we not also be moved by curiosity to see more closely and to know what God has said to us? At this hour, let us ask him to touch our hearts with the holy curiosity and the holy joy of the shepherds. And thus let us go over joyfully to Bethlehem to the Lord who today once more comes to meet us. Thirdly, and closely connected with this sense of making haste, the shepherds are a good example to us of a willingness to move. They're willing to make a journey to go where the Lord was. We can make a connection here with our willingness to undergo continual conversion in our lives, to be willing to move closer to the Lord each and every day to seek to root out sin and obstacles to God's grace in our lives. Remember St. John Henry Newman would say that to live is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often. Right? That willingness every day that we don't get stuck in our ways, that we're willing to change, to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What changes do I need to make in my life to draw closer to you? And next we see what that transformation looks like when the shepherds were alert and they were awake and they followed that prompting that the Lord had given them through the angel. St. Luke says that when the shepherds returned from their encounter with the Christ child, that they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. So they're filled with joy and they could now truly take that good news to others. I'm sure they couldn't contain it within themselves. They were full of joy. They just encountered God, their Savior. This is not the joy that the world promises, right, from the latest gadget or technology. But there's often empty promises that these will help fulfill our every desire. Real joy comes from encountering God, from encountering God and possessing Him. The shepherds realized the tremendous blessing they had just encountered in seeing the Christ child in the manger, this was their savior in their very midst. And this joy they experienced is also offered to us as we realize the great gift that God has given us in himself. And the joys we experience in life from the awareness of God's closeness to us, that ultimately strengthens us for the crosses that will and do come our way, right? We can always go back to those moments that the Lord has clearly been working in and through our lives. And that joy that the shepherds experienced is expressed in both the prayers and in the music for the mass. We're grateful for the presence of our choir here this morning for providing such beautiful and sacred music, which truly does lift the mind and heart to God to help us enter into more deeply this prayer of the church, this act of worship of our God. And singing is a very powerful way to express the joy that is within us, that comes from God. In his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, then Cardinal Ratzinger wrote that when man comes into contact with God, mere speech is not enough. Areas of his existence are awakened that spontaneously turn into song. Indeed, man's own being is insufficient for what he has to express. And so he invites the whole of creation to become a song with him. what a great occasion to turn to sacred music and hymns as we have entered into this solemn celebration of the birth of Christ. And in light of this, the church returns also today to the use of the Gloria, which she has gone without during the Sundays of Advent. But in the Gloria, we rejoice, right, with the angels, praising God, glorifying God for the gift of sending His Son to us to save us. And the Gloria reminds us that the greatest praise and thanks that we can offer is due to God for all the blessings and graces he's given us and especially for giving us his son. The Gloria also emphasizes that peace will be given to those who glorify God and have goodwill. That's a fruit of praising God, of glorifying him, desiring what is good and right and just, desiring the good of the other. Christmas is also a time to recall the connection between the birth of Christ and the Holy Eucharist. It's because of the incarnation, because of Christmas, that we are able to have the gift of the Eucharist. That God became flesh to feed us with his flesh. It's the same Lord Jesus who was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, who also comes down from heaven on the altar at every Mass. He's present among us in the Holy Eucharist. And so today, Bethlehem, which means house of bread, is wherever there is a mass being offered. This is Bethlehem. Wherever there's a tabernacle in the blessed sacrament, that's Bethlehem. God loves us so much that he not only wants to be with us, to be near us, but he wants to be in us. And that's what we have, we receive that great gift in the Eucharist, when we consume our God. He desires our union with him, and he gives us spiritual nourishment in this sacrament. And he desires, as we hear in St. John's Gospel, he desires that we have life and have it abundantly. And he nourishes our spiritual lives, especially in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. One final point is that as gift-giving is often associated with this great feast of Christmas, It's a great time to renew our gift of self, our gift of our hearts, of our love, of our adoration to God. What pleases him more than when we do give him our hearts, when we do give him our love? And in loving him, we seek to imitate him. We seek to keep his commandments. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we seek to follow him. So we thank God today that the same Christ who was born in Bethlehem will become present on the altar shortly, and he desires to make his dwelling within us, to truly change our lives for the better and to become more like him.